Can you imagine the law that would require us to podcast? <laughs> Normally, it's a law against us podcasting. Exactly. <laughs> this is bizarre world. It's backwards day. Okay, we, we're starting with Adam. Was this not the show? That wasn't the show? Oh, no. That yeah, no. I, I'm sorry. I was just like, <laughs> John. <laughs> I'm no, doing John, stuff John. with my keyboard. I'm making all kinds of noises. No, no, let's let's uh, let's start a show and we'll, Lex can join whenever it's convenient for Lex, I guess. I guess that seems fine. Sure. For Lex. You know what I want to talk about that Lex, yes. I'm sure, has no opinions on and I wouldn't <laughs> want to hear them anyways, to be honest. Uh, default apps on oh, your, i'm sure he doesn't i'm sure he doesn't care about that no it doesn't, doesn't seem like his his bag baby he's not as interested. It were. if he was interested he'd be here on time he'd be here he'd be talking to us right now <laughs> but no so i guess that's not his thing nope uh um, what about you john is it your thing uh yeah well i mean it's you know, i don't care that much but um but i think it's definitely something that <laughs> so no do. is what you're saying and no, no no i mean i think it's i think it's a good thing for the company to, i mean so that we're talking about the rumor that they may allow you to change the default apps such as mail safari etc yeah so um, interestingly enough those were the only two that were specified in this report from bloomberg um yeah which which i thought was it's very specific so makes me wonder if those are the only things it may or at least you know if they decide they're going to do this they may start by yeah. making the mail and web browser things you can change the options on although well, those are the biggest you know those are the big two. well that's the thing though is like on the one on the other hand god well, you do you start with the big ones or do you start with sort of the little ones and see if people use it and that way you don't really jeopardize people using your mail and web browser right you could be like uh, oh yeah you can set your own calendar and contacts apps and everyone would be like thanks i did not want this <laughs> see i always forget calendar because i never use my calendar <laughs> i i know as you i know, know. Yes. i do two shows with you every <laughs> but, single but sorry, week who's here who's here who is here on time for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's because neither of us if we put our calendars together we would not have as many events as Lex. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's very true. I, I know it's true. You know why? Because you have nothing on your calendar, and I have very <laughs> little on my calendar. <laughs> I will say, yeah. So, like you, I don't. I don't know that this is something I would use. I might. It might encourage me to try some other apps because I do feel like yeah. I, I've dabbled in other browsers and other mail clients, but like the, it was always kind of with the foregone conclusion that like, well iOS is still going to kick me into Safari or Mail like 20% of the time when I try to do something. So why right. bother? What's the point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that might encourage me to go back to some third parties if they really are like finally offering some parity in terms of the way yeah. they're treated. But and again, you know, and you and I, like, I don't use mail enough to, to really make the effort worthwhile to use a different mail client. Wait, so you don't uh, use a calendar, you don't you don't send any I don't use That's a calendar, I don't use mail. Wait. Can't drink. <laughs> can't smoke. Um I, I, I need oh, to change my lifestyle. <laughs> the first part's a lie, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say that doesn't seem right. I, I know I'm you well. <laughs> literally drinking right now. Yeah, um, well, absolutely. I but I feel like here's the thing. I think this I agree with you. I think this is good, and I've written about this before. I think it's good for everybody because I think it's Good for users who want to switch their apps and like want to use third-party apps in place of those. 
I think it's good for the developers of those apps because they get a chance to actually sort of compete on, on a more level playing field with Apple's built-in apps. And I think it's good for Apple because not only from a, like a standpoint of them, it looks good, right? Like it's a PR thing. It helps them avoid any like antitrust, you know, right. people complaining or competitors complaining about it because it like gives the competitors enough rope to hang themselves. All right, you want to be the defaults? Go ahead. You know, we're not going to stop yeah. you. Uh, and I think, you know, sort of a good for us slash good for Apple situation. I think it encourages them to make their apps better because they can't yeah. be complacent about it. And more like the last sort of thing for that is most people are not going to change this. Most people are not going to touch right. those settings. Right. So, so what's the, what's the, so, point? so it doesn't matter to them, right? Like why not do it at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think you can make an argument that like, you know, a decade ago when people were still sort of coming to grips with using their phones, there were, there's that argument of like the consistent user experience, but it's been, you know, we're 13 years into this. Yeah. Everyone's pretty comfortable using apps. Uh, the yeah. people who are comfortable can seek it out and change it, and the people who don't care will never see it. Right. So, yeah, Apple, we've solved your problem for you. <laughs> we've answered the question. Just you know, just make it happen. Check check that box. Does 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 it does it concern you at all though about what the experience will be like? I I wonder if it's yeah. So the thing I don't like is on the Mac OS where you can do this. I don't like apps that continually bother me about, okay, I want to be your default. I want to handle all your web browsing. Like, yeah. that's the thing that bugs me is like, yeah. and, and I feel like there's two ways to handle this, right? There's the way where they could build in the system so that it prompts, right? Like you open Chrome or whatever, and it's like, hey, I can be your default web browser. Just tap this button. Um, and I can see them taking that approach because they could also sort of like police it right like they could be like you can't keep asking you get like two chances you get your shot, you get your shot at the beginning yeah. right exactly and then you you can't nag people about it like they can always go into the yeah. settings and change it but like you can't keep doing it or you could have a situation where it's like some of the apps do this for other things i've seen right now where it's like it won't have a dialogue that lets you do that but it will sort of walk you through like go to settings and go to this section and click you know tap this switch or whatever and then i'll be your default you could also take that approach um and that's more work but it also makes people less likely to do it so yeah i don't know that yeah. that experience part of it worries me but i i is there something else you're thinking of no i don't know i mean i just <laughs> I, don't, I don't think apple is quite as good as it used to be about uh creating a seamless software experience um so adding a third party into the mix of things that are you know, we have come to expect as default income to know work fairly well anyway. Uh, it may add another layer of complexity that might break things, but yeah, yeah. I I think I I don't think it's so complex that it will ruin anything. Again, like it's been an option yeah. on the Mac OS for years, ever. I mean. Yeah, a forever. super long time. Yeah, right? so I mean, you know, they didn't. I mean, they made a well, they made Cyberdog. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. But when 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 web browsers checking off the obligatory off, could... Cyberdog reference. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now I need to get a Star Trek: The Next Generation reference in. Um, they have always allowed other browsers because right. they didn't really. They practically didn't make a browser. 
I think we concluded that Lex had no opinions about setting default apps on his uh, phone. I think that's, I that's what we concluded earlier on in this episode. But right. I mean, it's, when I first saw that headline, I was I misunderstood it for a second. And then my brain immediately caught up. But for one second, I was like, is this story going to say that Apple's going to let you install apps not from the App Store? Which is not at all what that story means. But that would be way more interesting to me than default apps. Uh, and that's yeah. just not happening anytime soon. No. So uh, the the thing that I worry about is I use yeah. third-party apps for some things. I use third-party apps for calendar. I use mail and I use Spark and I use Gmail. I use Gmail when I have to search. I use Spark because it gets push notifications uh, from Gmail, even though, as does Gmail, even though uh, the mail app doesn't, which is so annoying. I can't even stand it. But the thing where your default app or, or you know, my, my go-to app for calendar and mail doesn't pop up is when, you know, it's one of the share, not the share sheets, but like the in-app sheets, you know, like if you're in messages and you want to create something on the calendar or if you're composing a mail message while you're in another app. And what I imagine is if they allow other apps to become your default apps for those things, they would be able to provide a screen and interface for within those other apps. And it'll be as mediocre as third-party keyboard <laughs> integration <laughs> where it kind of works and kind yeah, of does that, well, that, Yes, yeah. I, I was thinking of third-party keyboard integration as well, yeah. Well, I mean, but there's not that many places right now so the really the the biggest issue with setting a default app right now, right? Like if you use a third party mail client, uh, it's basically like if you click what like a mail link in Safari, um, or I assume if you use just sort of some sort of generic mail action from a share sheet or something, like then it would open mail. But like there aren't that many other cases i think places so, for that right safari is a bigger yeah. issue right because it's like the default right handler for any link you click anywhere on the system and that's far more common right whether it be twitter or, or messages or whatever can i ask you guys a question speaking of safari and iphones how do you feel about this ios 13 change because i don't feel like we've talked about it at length where when you like tap and hold on a link to get the preview instead of just showing you the link it tries to actually load the site in a non-interactive little popover that you can mm. then choose to pop into or not how do you feel about that thing i've decided i hate that fucking thing you know i never cared for i think i've talked about this before i never cared for the peek and pop setup for for links especially because you just have to sit there while it loads yeah. and i right. i always thought that's pointless i might as well just load it in the background like and switch back to whatever i was doing yeah, yeah i don't know i don't particularly care for it uh if they decide they're going to do away with that that's that's fine you can turn the preview off too but then it's just it shows you like a hovering url right like that's even less point to that it's all stupid i hate that thing (laughs) computers are dumb do any of you use uh (laughs) non-default browsers computers i Um, yeah i do not use a non no i don't i don't on either um even on the mac I, I do have Firefox installed just because every once in a while I get weird results from certain, you know, like you go to your bank and my bank is actually fine now. But uh, I, I initially had some trouble with my credit union. And so I was using Firefox when I was um, going to my credit union site because it was responding better. Uh, but that's, now it's fine. That's funny. I had to do that. I had to set that up for my mom the other day because it's exactly the same thing. She went to her bank and all of a sudden it wasn't displaying things in Safari. So... I, it turned out I had installed Chrome on her system at some point in the past, and so we just like loaded that up to try it, and it worked fine. Like, but I same like I keep Chrome around because there's some stuff that just works better in Chrome, or you want to test something and see if Safari's broken. So yeah. always good to have a second browser, but I don't use it super regularly. 
And I sir, I've never, I don't think I've ever used another browser on iOS. I have, but not like, not for more than testing it out. Like yeah. I've played around with a few of them, but like I, there was never, as John and I discussed earlier at the beginning of the episode, it always felt like there wasn't a point because <laughs> for those of you just yeah. joining the episode, <laughs> <laughs> the one person already who didn't hear the first 10 minutes of the episode, <laughs> uh, unless you skipped forward 10 minutes, in which case go back there's, and listen. There's something wrong with your podcast player. First of all, <laughs> you know, like it seemed like there was no point, right? Because you, every link would open in Safari anyways, when you tapped it. So is using a third-party web browser seem pointless there are other apps uh, you know i've talked to a few people about this and there are other apps that people have brought up as things that they would like so being able to change your default podcast app um i guess apple news steals like handles a lot of rss how does stuff. the default how does the default podcast app make a difference though i mean because i use a different i certainly don't use apple's podcast app but it's for when you tap a, whenever a i want to listen to a podcast i open my podcast app i don't like i've never clicked i'm when do you click on it's, a link? It's basically like if you're in, if you're on Twitter or if you're on a website and it's like, hey, here's my RSS link, it'll pop open either mm. news or podcasts, depending. Okay. I've never, so I've never could, gone to a podcast that way. Uh, I've, I've seen this happen. And maybe, maybe, and maybe it's because I know that it's not, I mean, maybe like early on I was like, okay, that's not going to work. That's going to open the wrong thing. And then I just like, like if I, if someone says, you know, listen to my podcast, the castles of medieval Europe, and I'll just go and search. <laughs> You're like, hells yeah, that is yeah, John right, Moltz. Yeah. Actually, that sounds <laughs> pretty good. I would go and search for Sinai <laughs> so I don't have to listen to that show. <laughs> but you'd sell ads for that show, wouldn't you? I plead the fifth. <laughs> but the, I think, you know, again, there are other apps on the system that you might want to yeah. change defaults for. And, and I think I agree that in most cases, it's fairly rare uh, to go along with that. And I think Jason Snell wrote a piece that touched on this this week at Macworld. But the other part of it is like file handling. Like there isn't a reliable file handling system on iOS um, in terms of, let's say you want to open some photos in a different yeah. app, right? Like let's say you airdrop a bunch of photos or something. Um, by default, it's always going to open those photos in either sort of the files app or photos. Like if you want to view them in some like Photoshop or something else, you need to like specifically do that. Right. Um, and it seems like there's not a great, like for a while there was the, I don't know if this is, is, are are the URL handling scheme still in place? I thought they might've deprecated that where, where you could like people construct essentially like these not fake URLs, but like if they wanted to handle a particular type of information, you could sort of call an app via an HT, uh, a, uh, URL scheme. And so for a long time before the share sheets and stuff, that's how people got information between apps. I think that's been pulled back, but like on the, on the Mac, you can define what app handles a specific type of file. And there's just no analog to that on yeah. iOS because, you know, they never wanted there to be files, and it turns mm-hmm. out, hey, guess what? We all still have to deal with files we still all need, the time. We still like files. Everybody likes files. Yeah. I have uh, an iOS question that's sort of file-related for you guys, um, and I'm guessing you've experienced this, or if you haven't, that you have friends who have, but I will say this is probably now one of the top things that my friends and family come to me for help with, uh, with their phones, but they, they're looking at their phones, and their phone's like, hey, uh, I can't back up to iCloud anymore because you're out of space. 
Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, why am I out of space on my iCloud? And this is probably most of the time people who are using the default allocation. But when they tap through and they look at managed storage, they see that their backups are the biggest thing. And I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but it's like they've they've customized what they're backing up. They've looked at what devices they're backing up. And uh, like my sister has this issue where her uh, her current backup size for her iPhone is like five gigs, but it says next backup size, 188 megabytes, which makes sense given how little she's backing up, but it will not back it up because it's like, I don't have any room. And if she deletes the backup, uh, it still has the same thing. And the only way I've seen this work is for people to turn off their iCloud backups and delete them and disable them and not just leave it there, but actually sync to their Macs. and back up there and then turn that off and go back to iCloud. Like it's, it's without that step in the middle, I, it doesn't seem I like have... it actually drops the iCloud backup connection enough. Have you guys seen this mm. at all where iCloud has no. like some bullshit file size backup? I have not encountered that. That's very I'm strange. Sure and it's part of it. I, well, so <laughs> it, it came up recently. My aunt was asking for help with that because she had, she, she had exceeded the backup limit, but that it turned out like she just had enough pictures and like backups that it, was over the limit of the five gig limit um and so we just like you know i had (laughs) we upgraded her storage because it was literally the easiest thing to do and it's like for the 99 cent fee or whatever you'll be fine um but i haven't seen that that's a (laughs) that's a lot of problem there (laughs) yeah and what's i've I've had four bids from people with it in two different states maybe three i guess my my feeling is (laughs) i would pay 12 dollars a year to make that go away (laughs) Are those emotional states or are they... Uh... Yeah. Panic. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anger and frustration. Pan- panic is You know what's not panicky or hiring? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I, I spoiled it. You know what's not panicky or other negative things? I'm excited to tell our listeners, Dan and John, that this episode of The Rebound is brought to you by Indeed. When you start your hiring process, you might have a few questions. Are you going to get good applicants to choose from? How can you narrow down by education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Indeed is there to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help you quickly create your short list of applicants. Plus, you can add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. I just want to say, I post a lot of jobs, I got to hire a lot of people, and I'm a fan of Indeed. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash podcast and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. This offer is valid through March 31st, 2020. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of The Rebound. Indeed, the only job site I've ever liked. Just want to be clear. Uh, I have a list of things that I, I want to bring to your attention this week. Uh, since we recorded a little late this week and the stories kept piling up. <laughs> like cordwood. Yeah. You know, you got to get through them. The, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there was a rumor of an Apple event. Our first rumor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw of that Of a March Apple event. Week, yeah. Uh, I believe very, very late uh, in March. I want to say it's like might be it might have been the 31st i think that is the last tuesday in march um rumoring uh the new a low-cost iphone that obviously john is very excited about 
Indeed. Uh, nope, that's a sponsor. <laughs> we that's the sponsor. <laughs> oh, now we got to do the read again. Every time we say it. <laughs> Every time you say the word. Yeah. Say the single word, win $100. I think I, I think I have to say it three times before. That's right. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Dot com slash podcast. That's all I want to get at. Okay. <laughs> But I, I want to sort of uh, uh, dovetail that with uh, another thing that came up this week, which is uh, Apple cutting their earnings guidance for the next right. quarter due to the yeah. coronavirus. So I guess the question is, you know, uh, if they're cutting back on some of their financial stuff and like they're sort of projecting how that's going to change the future, they're still getting their supply chain up to speed. Launching a new product into that situation seems like a challenge, which makes me wonder if this date i mean first of all it's not a real date but like whether or not they can ship a product in the next month or so it's a real date we just don't know it's not a real march only has 30 days john it's not a real date oh um, is that right you know how i know i can tell you that you don't use a fucking calendar i don't use a calendar <laughs> I use my knuckles that's not so I right. you're wrong. That's not right. March is 31 days. Okay. I want to see how long I can make you check. <laughs> I checked. Yep. And, I, and by the way, I used Fantastic Apple <laughs> Check, okay? My my gut is that Apple has never shied away from releasing a product that it doesn't have enough of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... so I, I think if they my, that's that, that is my expectation as yeah, well. I think they'll just have. Less. I fully expect for them to announce this product and say it's going to be available for purchase on a certain date. And uh, I will I will log in like you know I will try to log in at the time that they say it's available. I will not be able to log in. It will take you know thirty five minutes, and by the time I get in, the one that I want is gone. Wow! Uh, also, that's, you take a very fatalistic view, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if I take that if I take that outlook, then and, and I get one, then I'm pleasantly surprised. I wonder, mm-hmm. I know that Apple has been experimenting with what time they release products. Like, is it too late for East Coasters or too early for West Coasters? Or, or yeah, both? so what was the last one? They, they changed it this past year, right? Well, I want to propose, and they'll never do this, but I want to propose that <laughs> let's say they make a 1,000 of the new phones. Why can't they release 200 for the East Coast at one time and 200 for the West Coast at another oh, time? Oh, God. <laughs> I guess because Mayhem. they couldn't verify that that's where you live or are ordering from. But that's yeah, why it, it seems like more trouble than it's worth, I guess, is right. the short answer. I think you're yeah. worth it, Dan. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you're right. They, they would be they said this about the iPhone right now. That's sort of part of the guidance thing is like we expect the iPhone to be supply constrained, essentially, uh, which is going to be a challenge. And so ramping yeah. up a new product on top of that definitely does seem like it will still be a challenge. But I think you're right that they'll basically just, you know, we'll ship what we got and keep going and try to make them fast enough but like yeah shipping dates will slip pretty quickly that'll be sad for john but everybody else will be fine <laughs> yeah and usually i do okay because i get like whatever the the, the default one is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and they usually make a lot of that one but <laughs> i don't know this time i this time i was thinking about going red so. And it's, it's hard to get the default one if the default one is still like this one comes with 12 megabytes of storage and you have to get like, a slightly larger one. <laughs> well, it's going to be 64 and that's what I currently have, which is, is a challenge. But considering the fact that I may actually buy another phone later in the year, <laughs> just get the I think one I should get the cheap one. <laughs> is, I, is red gigs ought to be enough for anybody. Is is red happening? Is that a or is that just your? Well, that's a that's a rumor. I mean, that's I hadn't a, even seen that one. I, I it's a it's a reasonably you know it's a seems solid. Chikua rumor. So you know, yeah. it's not solid. a rumor. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> uh, we could have started the show even later. I feel like 
<laughs> uh, the other the other rumor for uh, refreshing in the spring, maybe an event, maybe not, is new iPads, uh, which has also been floating around, including a uh, the an iPad with a new camera module on the back, something that looks more like the 11 Pro or the 11 cameras, um, which I'm interested in. Like, Apple has pretty steadfastly kept the iPad, even the iPad Pro camera is just sort of you know a pretty basic mm-hmm. single lens camera that it's shipped for several years i feel like um mm-hmm. and i can imagine a i do know people who take pictures with their ipads uh <laughs> but b i feel like the computational stuff that's in there you you want to that's like it's it's a really big big advertising point for them i feel like you'd want to roll that out across more products like having like, ah, oh, it's an iPad, but it still takes great pictures, right? Like, it takes great pictures in the dark, and it has stuff that you can use for AR and all that stuff. So I, I would feel like they want better better cameras on those, but I guess it would also potentially make them a lot more expensive. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested guess. to see. my. Uh, I still love my, my original iPad Pro, and I still use it just about every single day. Um, but it's my second case is slowly dying my my logi case for the ipad so 12 when point whatever. You, you mean you mean the original like was it 12 inch yeah 12.1 yeah. or something i think okay i still love it it still works it's still fast it doesn't ever feel like it's slowing me down i really enjoy that's it. that's the thing about an ipad well it I, lasts a long freaking time yeah I, I i wanted to replace my like i was so tempted when they released the 11 um because i have the 10.5 pro which i think is coming up on three years old um, and I have noticed recently, I feel like the battery on mine is going faster. And usually iPad battery is so solid. Like I was surprised to find it, uh, feeling like it took a hit, but other than that, I agree. It's so, it doesn't feel like there's anything I can't do on my iPad pro. I just want the yeah. shinier one. Yeah. Oh, I get that. And you mentioned the, um, the AR smarts. I, this is so silly, but it was cool. Uh, as as listeners of turning this car around know i went to disney world not that long ago with my family and disney sent a card you know thanking us for coming to the park and it had a uh a, a drawing of mickey and uh liam noticed that there was a a tiny mickey in the corner that had a qr code for a face and i was like all right let's let's scan the qr code face on mickey and it was like do you want to open the disney app and i was like okay and then the app immediately had like assistiveness on, which I appreciate. It's not normally on in that app because we've used it before, but it was like, uh, point the camera at the picture of Mickey. And I was like, this picture of Mickey that you guys just sent me? Okay. And it, I will say it was quite fussy. It took a long time before the app was like, oh, there's Mickey. But then like, uh, this was a black and white Mickey. And then like a colorful Mickey pops out of the page with AR and he's talking to us. And the, ca- the, the, the assistant voice is narrating everything. A colorful Mickey appears. The colorful Mickey pivots up from the page. The colorful Mickey throws a message in the air. That message says, thank you for visiting Disney World. <laughs> like, and so that part was weird. But it was like, my kids have not seen a ton of AR stuff yet. And they were just, their minds were freaking blown. We did that many times last night when that thing arrived. <laughs> And uh, it was fun. <laughs> and like very subtly wild. done. Like you had no idea that it was there. Huh. That's wacky. I still want to go back to Disney World sending you a card for coming. I'm yeah. fascinated by that. What's up with that? You spent a lot of money. I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think they're going to send me a card. <laughs> they noticed. <laughs> oh, I stayed at a Disney resort. That's probably the difference. Uh, that's probably what it yeah. is. Plus, Dan, I feel like you put your money to smarter things. Like, I don't I, know. I do. Are you thinking, you're thinking probably like 
peripherals and accessories, right? Like, I, exactly I can read your mind. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, good news for you. You can read it when it's so obvious. Yeah, sure, yeah. I, I've got great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an open book that's two pages long. <laughs> Let me tell you, friends. This week's episode of The Rebound is brought to you by Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. It is so easy to use. You can get access to more ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. It's plug and play with no drivers, so you can enjoy up to dual 4K display with HDMI and DisplayLink video connectors, plus USB 3.0, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. Uh, this is no joke, guys. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience. That's 0.5 of a molts. Uh, they've got that experience in high-volume <laughs> manufacturing of hardware IT products, plus rigorous test cycles and quality control mean all of their wrong. products are tested <laughs> above any standard. To be clear, I'm not wrong about what I just said, other than Moltz's age. <laughs> yes. Look, if Correct. you're an IT decision maker, and we get the stats, and it says here that 95% of you are IT decision makers, and you're looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's Pro Concierge Program and test drive a docking solution today. Visit Kensington. Kensington.com slash rebound right now to check out Kensington. That's Kensington.com slash rebound to learn more. And our thanks to Kensington for their support of the rebound. Uh, do you guys want to talk about malware? Yes. Eh. All right. I don't know. Okay. 50-50. <laughs> we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's been a little picked Mention over it. since that, that report's like a week old now. But uh, yeah. it did engender some strong feelings from many quarters. So we'll start with a, like a really simple poll. Uh, what malware software do you guys run? <laughs> <laughs> i use a mac oh yeah right yeah basically well mal- um, malware bites would like I don't you to use know any um karen because of her job is required to use uh some sort of antivirus protection and uh she i freak now i can't even remember which one she uses uh a vast i think she, okay. because okay. that was like cheap or free i can't remember um and she uh because she has confidential files locked in her office and has confidential files on her computer they require that they do that which makes sense and you know it's just like you you need to every every like quarter i think she has somebody who comes to the house and like checks out to make sure that everything is okay <laughs> what if i were that person but i pretended to be that person then use that opportunity to steal all the confidential files hmm. i don't know Right, well, first of all, you'd have to be pretty patient because she usually like reschedules like 15 times. So <laughs> I'm a patient man when it comes to my very slow thieving of confidential files. Oh, well, OK, then you're in. OK, great. <laughs> you've passed our you've passed our security system. <laughs> I I have not used a piece of malware software in probably uh, on a Mac in like 30 years like i definitely there was stuff i used to use back in the classic mac days i still yeah i still have norton discs in the basement does that count sure yeah uh (laughs) but i don't think i i'm trying to think if i've ever run anything on like a mac os 10 or later uh piece of hardware and i maybe maybe why do i why do i have norton discs in the basement (laughs) uh you're a hoarder john (laughs) Uh, i think it maybe i could get rid of those right (laughs) But there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of to do about this malware bytes report, which said like, oh, it's the chances of getting malware on a Mac are up four hundred percent, which seemed to have a lot of caveats about yeah. the kind of malware they were finding and their sample size and 
just i mean i have not i've been polling a bunch of people and, and i don't think I and found... it's another one it's another one published by oh, yeah, a malware company. well of course you know, um, yeah <laughs> they're all published by companies that want to sell you malware production. right which is i mean it's a double-edged sword right because obviously they want to do marketing and that's part of what they're doing here but they are also the people who hire like security researchers <laughs> because the, again that's what their business is so yeah i mean i trust that the people like there are definitely people they hire who are experts in that field and are in a position to know things but i think there is probably some it's not that the facts get or you know massage i don't think they're they're misrepresent i don't think they are lying about the contents of the report they're just spinning it in a way yes. to make it seem worse than it is right right yeah because most of it was adware as opposed to exactly and stuff you know, so that it's, and 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 i have no i know you know and what's the what's the canonical one that that keeps mac advertising keeper. it mac keeper yeah and i i have a friend of mine you guys like, know a lot about this I'm who, you know we have this, this friend you know you know you got you know albert and you know albert worked for apple for a long time and, and i know a couple of things about mac computers and he this guy does this other guy does not and um you know at some point we had we're friends with this guy for a long time and it was like it was like revealing that he was a scientologist or something <laughs> it was like, like he's like yeah i use mac keeper we're like what Oh, dude, no. What are you doing? We'll have to set your computer on fire now. <laughs> Do not bring your computer anywhere near my so, computer. There was an intervention, and he no longer uses my keyboard. That's good. That's yeah. good. I think I once installed an antivirus, like a free antivirus thing from the Mac App Store for my dad because he was concerned that he'd gotten malware. Uh, but I think it was more of a placebo yeah. than anything to like make him feel better well, about it. And I will say, I mean, Hank had, you know, when Hank was using Macs, he and you know playing games he got some malware installed on the mac that he was using i buy that just because i imagine if you're downloading like a ton of games a few of those are yeah and and it was you know minecraft and like you know oh this mod i want this mod and i don't care where it comes from because i need it right now and right right so yeah but i mean like most people do 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 max default ship with like only software from the mac app store now like in terms of that that permission right like you can change where you install stuff from i think they I think it is like if you buy That's a new a Mac question. and set it up, I think it's basically you can only install stuff from the Mac App Store unless you specifically go and change that preference. And it's there's no longer a you can only allow apps from App Store and identified developers, although there are ways around that if you are installing other stuff. You just have to like it like goes through another security check, essentially. Yeah. You, well, you have to turn you have that to, off. Yes. Well, you have to turn off. So the App Store and Identified Developers thing, you can't turn off anymore. You have to manually. Every time you want oh, to go yeah, around right. that, you have to manually tell it, "Yeah, I'm okay with this." Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's two options: App Store and App Store and Identified Developers. Right. And I assume it ships by default on App Store, and most people, you know, don't change it. So. Yeah, I don't know. Unless there's like bad actors in the App Store and Apple is sure, you know, some stuff I'm sure slips through the cracks. But yeah, I have to imagine most of it's pretty well vetted. So I don't know. And there aren't that many apps. So it's also true (laughs) in the Mac App Store. The the vast majority of malware I've ever seen on a Mac is people who downloaded install things they shouldn't. I I, I have to assume that this is 99% of why uh, Apple made, what is it, Catalina (laughs) so annoying. 
in terms yeah. of the prompts about what websites are allowed to download things to you. And I think it's smart. I think they've handled it the right way. I think they probably could have said, hey, uh, we're going to by default whitelist these top 50 sites that we know are allowed to download things or whatever. Right. But I have not had a, like a very bad experience with that. I know a lot of people complained about it and um, and I'm not really sure... And I'm certain that you know they're they're they are having a bad experience with it. But every once in a while, I get that notification. You know that notification that says, "Do you want this website to access your downloads folder?" But I don't get any other. And I maybe I just don't install things on a regular basis. So I, I do get it in some places, and some of it's annoying because feels like there are systems that, especially people who are sort of more experienced users, are going to use, and they. Uh, they made some of which, it difficult so like yeah which is probably the problem right because the, the you know because i feel like i'm more like an average user and it seems fine for me and so it's fine for an average user and then what you've done is you've screwed it up for someone who's actually a pro user who already knows what they're doing right right and you want to be able to sort of like turn off the safeties essentially and just be like i'm right. good I, I i understand that i'm taking this into my own hands and i'm fine with it because there's things like I will install a shell script or some program to run in the terminal and I'll start trying to run it and like, it just won't work. And I'll be like, what the hell is going on? Um, and I, you have to like, sometimes it essentially flags it and you have to go into the security preference pane. And it tells you at the bottom, like underneath that app store, like switch, like, Oh, this thing just tried to run. Do you want to allow it? But it doesn't tell you, like when it runs, it's you have to know that oh, yeah. and go to the preference pane, and I find mm-hmm. that just absurd because it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you should kind of assume like there should be a thing like going into the terminal where it's just like, let me just put in my password or click a button and realize like if I'm working in the terminal, let me go right. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't need you to hold my hand here. Like if I'm deliberately choosing this, like yes, I want it. <laughs> I want to make sure that people who are like you know. Uh, less experienced yeah. users aren't getting tricked into things, but at the same time, it's making my life harder. So I, but I, yeah. I will agree with you, John, that I don't think it's been, I feel like there are people who've run into much worse of those sort of like all the pop-ups and everything or all the, uh, you know, permission yeah. dialogue than I've run into. Yeah. Yeah. The weird thing though, I guess though, is that if you are a regular user and then you run into something unusual, I mean, I, I so I describe myself as a regular user because I, generally use stock apps and don't i mean i'll download things occasionally but i use but i but the thing is i i know the environment and i know who is a good actor and who is a bad actor and so that in that regard i'm not a regular user right because i you know i'm not an average user or a (laughs) a new i don't know what do you want to call that person but um I, i know Corey doctorow's mom uses the terminal all the time but my mom does not use the terminal all the time. So, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to categorize well, moms. <laughs> and I don't want to, my mom <laughs> doesn't know and how to, to use the terminal. To, and to go back, you know, a step like to what we were talking about a minute ago, I do think it's worth noting that because Apple has been so successful, shipped so many Macs and, you know, like there are a lot more than there were 15 or 20 years ago. I absolutely believe that they are the like Macs are a much more profitable and a bigger target for these mm-hmm. kinds of people. What? Yeah, and 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 we've also seen you know as, as on iOS the the fact that the uh, iTunes you know whatever what is it called it's, it's it's not iTunes it's the App Store um, 
makes more money than the Android, you know, the Android equivalent. So then Google, right. Google Play. And so you it's probably also true of Macs, right? You There's more money to be made per license per application on selling to the Mac than perhaps there is selling to Windows unless you're in a corporate environment. Right. Well, with that, and hence, you know, just more target for people to, you know, attack things. I mean, again, it comes down to where are you getting your stuff and are you being careful about what stuff you put on your computer? Uh, Because it's not what there isn't. And this is, I think, where the objection comes a lot to this report is like what what's not happening are like spawning viruses jumping from Mac to Mac. (laughs) Like not to say they do not exist, but they are not the bulk of of this stuff right the bulk of this stuff as like said is adware it's like stuff that's getting you know downloaded or it's stuff that's riding along uh with other apps that have been downloaded right and it's stuff that's predominantly not in the mac app store so Mm um i'm a little surprised that it seems like they claimed it was this widespread just because i would again feel like most people don't go far outside of the mac app store but then again maybe you know sometimes things install and and pop up a you know thing put in your password and people just like oh it says to put in your password so i should put in my password right, right? why doesn't apple just block mac keeper <laughs> <laughs> i also they could revoke their just noti- prevent their it yeah right prevent yeah. it from being installed it's way beyond time that apple when logins pop up particularly on ios that it show if it's a system one or not and i know that that would be quite tricky but to do something that only that app can do that other apps aren't allowed to do or something. Like, you know, when every once in a while, I think it's happening less in iOS 13, but you just get the, the iCloud login prompt, but you have no yeah. idea what's calling for it. Oh, yep. God, yeah. To do something to indicate that, like, the way that browsers uh, can do some icon to show that this is really a secure website and websites can't fake it. If the, if the phone Chrome can somehow show this is truly Apple asking somewhere in that header status bar or something like that feels right on on the Mac too. I agree. I mean, I think, I think at the very least it should be required to be much clearer about why it is prompting you, right? Like what app is asking for this? What are they trying to do? Right? Like that, that seems like a no brainer. If you're going to put in all these other security things, the least you can do is sort of explain the legit ones. Right. Are are we, are we at minor complaints yet? Cause I'm ready for our minor complaint segment. Are we, are we doing our minor complaints? Yeah. I don't know. I just oh. hate working underground. The dynamite is so dangerous. <sighs> on, um, Indeed. on the iPhone. You're in, you're in, <laughs> .com slash podcast. Um, on the iPhone, you, you, you type in an iMessage and you hit too many returns somehow before you send it or after you send it. That's a message that's going to send with a bunch of blank lines before or after it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You do the same thing on a Mac, and it cleans up all your new lines that you don't intend, where it's much easier to get rid of them on the Mac. If you accidentally have new lines in an iMessage <laughs> on the Mac, yeah, right. they will all get stripped away. But if you do it... Hmm. Uh, Wait a second. So here's a question for you, actually, because now I'm interested. If you are putting new lines in a message in the Mac, it's either because you've copied and pasted something with a bunch of new lines in it, or you've deliberately put those new lines in, right? Because doesn't the enter key send a message on the Mac? Uh, well, it's like... You have to use like option return. You have to use option. That's right. So you've done it on purpose or you've hit a bunch of buttons by accident. <laughs> right. It seems more complicated on the Mac. But yes, I take your point. That seems like a thing that they could probably do. But what if you're sending a bunch of white space as like artistic effect? Like ASCII art. So, well, you could do that as long as there's another line underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good minor complaint. You should get over yourself is what you Yeah. Do. No, I like this minor complaint. It's right on the, it's right on the money, Lex. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's my minor complaint. And oh, then, yeah. um, do you, uh, do you guys have minor complaints besides Dan's? <laughs> I mean, all my complaints are major. Yeah, okay. uh, I've got some about the show, but that's they're minor. <laughs> and they're then I, I also I have some follow up. Oh yeah, go please. I I think so you're it was on to start the podcast. show with that, but you weren't here, so go ahead. I know I was here. I, I believe that it was on the show. It might have been off here, but I think it was on the podcast that Moltz made fun of me because his cousin, <laughs> brother, someone had Tesla power walls and I didn't. Was it your cousin? My brother. Your brother. Yeah. Your brother cousin. Yep. And now I do too. <laughs> so your your brother can eat it. <laughs> just they finally you got should installed. not eat a Tesla power wall. Uh, let me just. Uh, I don't not know much be. about batteries, but uh, let me just tell you, as a as a non expert in batteries, do not eat a Tesla Powerwall. Lex, so I the, think. I, yes, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say, "Look at this guy." <laughs> <laughs> I would say truly, candidly, anybody with solar panels should do this. It makes so much sense, and I'm like, I, I'm way too obsessively watching it. The part that's annoying to me is that it's the same app as the app that is for my car. <laughs> Because now I go between my car and my house's electricity, which feels like two very different things all in one app. But uh, you can see, here's how much energy is coming to your house from the sun. And That's a minor complaint, right? It's Yes. It's filling up the yeah. power wall. Or there's so much, or the power wall is already full, so we're putting it back into the grid. Or we're using some of it to power the house and some of it to recharge your power wall. And then the sun goes down and the power wall is like, now I will feed your house. And you see nothing. Like, there's no change. But like... Most days we're somewhere between 75 and 98% powered by uh, ourselves, powered by the sun. Um, it varies based on how sunny it is. <laughs> um, but it's crazy. Wow. And if you have solar panels and you haven't done this, <laughs> you should do it. That's all I'm saying. I do worry about the excess electricity just spilling over and then my house flooding with electricity. That's a concern. Mm-hmm. That's a, mm-hmm. it's a worry I have. You get a nice tan, though. Oh, that's good. Uh, also, mm-hmm. if I'm already carrying around the solar panels, I don't think I can carry a battery, too, is what I'm saying. <laughs> do, they, do they make a mini one for Dan? Uh, I want to know if it works with those old iPhone cases they made that do, <laughs> that have batteries on them. That you yeah, could can we make a personal, personal-sized personal solar panel? Like, can I put it on top you, of my Are hat? you worried at all about having, like, a gigantic freaking battery pack in the basement of your I assume it's in the basement of your house. It, it is in the basement. I'm not at all worried. They actually can even be wet. Okay. You can put them outside. Um, I have batteries all over my house. These are bigger batteries, but I'm not, <laughs> yeah, you I'm don't not have one that big. <laughs> That's the biggest um, battery. I'm well, me, you know, is, is your car your car battery is not as big as that, is it? The, I'm guessing the car batteries are as large. The the the, the Tesla batteries, the power yeah, walls. Yeah. There are three of them, so they are probably larger in aggregate. But I don't yeah. know. It, it it truthfully does not stress me out. Um, I am, uh, I. The part that stresses me out is like there's the tiniest flicker if there's a power failure because it needs like one nanosecond to detect that the power has gone out and switch over. Um, I've only done that when we faked it when they were testing the system. But like I'm worried about what could potentially break from that flicker. The truth is nothing did. Nothing even knew that the, internet, that the power had gone out. The internet didn't lose a beat. No, no clocks lost time. But that's the part that I get nervous about. You're going you're gonna to miss an eagle's interception. That I'm not worried about. <laughs> but there, I don't know. It's the... The, they're cool that's all i'm saying they're cool uh i don't even own my own house so i can't put i mean i guess i could put solar panels on the roof but like it's gonna be I, a lot of work I, I live in the pacific northwest so, you know i mean i could put solar panels have you considered hydroelectric yeah i'm thinking about that yeah <laughs> got a lot of water uh, you can see what happens if you get those batteries and then just add water that could be interesting <laughs> i don't see what could go wrong john get on it report back next week indeed <laughs>
Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's um, that's something that I feel like uh, <laughs> I'm so distracted. Because, why, yeah, right. Like, well, why are you so distracted? Because that's your why, video is why. on. You. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I just all of a sudden Lex popped up in my field view. I'm like, oh, I'm looking at Lex. Hi, Lex. Am I still there? Get, what, do you have like a you have a bouquet? Uh, are, are you doing this with your phone? Or yeah, something? he's got like a blur in the background. It's nice. So, yeah. Oh, I think that's built into Skype. I don't know. I just clicked the button to join or, your call, and it chose to turn just, my camera on. So I don't know him. where it is. It doesn't show me that the camera's on. Like my green light's on, but I have no if idea. You, how instead it instead of smearing Vaseline on the camera, you smeared Vaseline on the rest of the room. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and there he's gone. Uh, oh well. Uh, yeah. I miss me so much. 